Unfortunately, was once in the emergency room with my wife, and one of the nurses looks at me and looks at me and looks at me. <laughs> I was in the emergency room once with my wife, and the, the nurse looks at me and looks at me, says, I know you. Oh, I give a sheep by Rabbi Zayn's, and over there they have it. Uh, Cam says, I listen to your class. <laughs> so I didn't know that. Uh, She's a semi-religious, he tells me. She listens to Aloha class. That was interesting, a lady to listen to Aloha class. Yeah. Oops, a few are told me they can come late. Michael Zaki told me he's going to come after davening. It's a shredish. So the man that dying late. There is no Pesach Shani, but there is no Pesach Rishon. Okay. about what you just said not to forget. <clears throat> One of the important things One of the things one of the things in life is to make sure we don't forget. You know what the nature of a person is that he does forget. And, and the unfortunate things, that important things, we forget. And not so important things, we don't forget. That's how it is. Bodily things, something you need to eat, you need to sleep, you need to take care of, that the things we do forget. Forget about it. No, I mean, I'm sorry, those are the things that you, my body reminds you. You know, no one says he forgot to eat lunch. Because if you get to eat lunch, your body's going to scream. But if you didn't uh, daven, you forgot to make svita, you don't remember. Spiritual things is harder to remember than bodily things. You know, when people go on the trip, I always notice they're more worried about the Gashmias than the daven with Minyan. Maybe you should work out, leave at a time you could daven with Minyan, leave it later. No, no, they're more worried about if I to take food, and how much food, and when, and what. They're so preoccupied. But on what's the name of spirituality? But when Rachman says one of the most important things a person should train himself not to forget, uh, there's a next world we're going to come. Because the nature of people is we don't even think there's a next world. We're so busy making sure 
we survive in this world, we totally forget that this is a trip to the next world. You know, like I asked, I asked, uh, you know, I went, <clears throat> one of my neighbors uh, was flying to New York with the children. So I asked a seven-year-old girl, tell me, what's more excited, going on the plane or seeing Bobby, Bobby, Sapta? What is more exciting? So Charles thinking, Charles says, the plane. <laughs> seven-year-old child, the six, seven-year-old child, is like, first time going on the plane, I'm gonna fly, I'm gonna look down. Doesn't understand that the plane is trying to bring you from here to there. Doesn't the child only sees one thing, that the, the, what does the child see? The child sees that uh, right now I'm flying on a plane. Then I'm arriving, that's a separate issue. It's the same thing, we, we, we get so preoccupied traveling this world, and it demands, doesn't, it's not a, but the airplane also demands. The airplane demands you should take food with yourself, dress what you need to be dressed, and go to the airport, make sure you catch the plane, do everything you need to do. But we always think about it, that's only because I want to get there. I'm going with the plane because I have to go to Israel, or I have to go to New York, I want to visit my daughter, I want to visit my parents. There's an end to it. But in the, and unfortunately, in this world, we don't think about that this is only a preparation for the next world. We're here, we are prepared to have a, a, a next world. We don't think about it this way. Unfortunately, what mostly we think about is, uh, you know, if we're comfortable, the car is comfortable, the bed is comfortable, we forget the ultimate. So Nachman says that's very important to try not to, he says, the best thing is the second as you wake up in the morning, he says, think about it, there is another whole life that I'm gonna live. There's the next world. Today is just how to get to the next world. And it's a tough job. Don't think it's not. It's a tough job to raise a family, to, to you know, whatever we're doing is not easy. And it is, takes demands a lot. But when a person thinks about it, it's only, a traveling to the next world, it makes things a little bit easier. It's gonna to come to an end, all these problems, and, and there's a reason why I have these problems, why me and why not another person, why, you know, the, it makes, puts things in perspective. You know, let's say stuck, uh, you know, I remember many years ago, I was stuck at the airport for a few hours. It was very, very frustrating, but I said, okay, it's not gonna be now, it's gonna be an hour. We're gonna get there. You know, to, to, extra four hours with the light, we, okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world, you know what I mean? Because you knew this is the plane that's supposed to take us one place to another place. I always tell people in the good old days when a boat left, you never knew for surely what time was gonna leave. You know, people had to come to the boat that day, could have left in the morning, could have left in the afternoon, could have left even a day later. You know, when, uh, and when it landed, no one knew exactly when it's gonna come. It's gonna come in approximately, my mother says when they came, waited for the, uh, in 1949, people coming over the boat, they waited at the dock for two days. The, plane, the boat was supposed to come in one day, and then it was got delayed, something. It takes time, you know what I mean? T you know, today we used to, everything is fast, fast. But if you look at life, Yerman says, this is just traveling through, there's an end, things become less painful, and what Elsie says is not only less painful, 
you get be focused more on the spirituality. So it says the first thing in the morning, you think, this is my life today, a preparation of the next world. And I have such and such pain, this is my pain, and this is what I gotta do, and this is, this is my challenge. So the more a person is tuned into this, you know, the, he says the easier he's able to do the spirituality. Because see, when a person thinks, a person thinks the life is made to live in this world, this world is very much imperfected. Nothing is perfect. No one's body is perfect. Everyone has aches and pains, as you said. No one's, you know, I always ask people, I did you meet someone, his body is a perfect body, he doesn't need glasses, doesn't need a dentist, he doesn't have hearing, there's no such thing. Something is always hurting, it's not perfect. That is, the Rebbein Shem made this, this after the Chet with the Marishan, the Rebbein Shem put Tarivas Ra Toiv, there's an imperfection, physically, imperfection emotionally. Everyone, in Yiddish there's a saying, everyone has a Meshigas, you know what Meshigas means, craziness, in a Meshugana has one too many. You know, there's a saying that I also have Meshugas, but a Meshugana has too many. That's what we call a Meshugana. We all have issues. There's no perfection emotionally. It's only when Meshich will come and the Lusaluva. But right now, we have this, we have problems emotionally, physically, spiritually. And this is the way we travel through this world. If you look at it this way, this is, I have to travel this way. My ultimate goal is getting there makes things much easier. Much, much easier, he says. <clears throat> then he says, another Not only does a person have to remember there's a next world, he has to remember that he's traveling through this world. He says, a person has to remember that every day Hashem sends hints to him that, he, that how to get closer to the Rebbein Shalom. See, you know, in a way, in a way, I hear people say this to me often, in a way, our fight with the Eight Sahara is not a fair fight. He has the advantage, unbelievable advantage. First of all, it's his home turf. You know, he's at home over here. The Neshama is not over here. And I always tell people that the body, if you don't take care of him, boy, does he scream at you. He's a nudnik of a nudnik. You ever notice that one of the children who screams the most, he gets the most attention, right? The child that's good and it's quiet doesn't get so much attention. There's a saying, you know, that's the same thing, the body screams. So the, the battle is uh, not such an equal battle as we would say. But Nachman says that Rabbi Yishtim sends every day to a person, the the sends hints to him, come get close to me. Sometimes Moshe is a thought to a person. Just get closer to me. Don't, you know, get caught up with the craziness in the world. Just get closer and closer to me. That's exactly what the continuously hints. Sometimes a thought comes into your mind which doesn't make sense. And it really gives you a nechama. Nechama means, uh, I say, uh, a peaceful thought. And sometimes, you know, I should change. We all have thoughts, young and old. So the Rabbani Shalom continuously sends signs to us to get closer. We ignore the signs. That's our problem. 
But really, he says that the person should remind himself as the day goes on to see, ah, look at this. You're going to try to find ways from the Gashmias of this world how to get closer to the Rebani Shlomo. You know, like I gave a marshal. I... Um, I always say, I didn't know how the football game works, American football. I was never interested. I finally decided one time, I gotta get find out how it works. So I was on the plane, I asked the guy sitting next to me, he's watching the football game, to explain to me how does this football, American football work. So I finally understood that there's two teams, okay? And the only way to get the ball from one side of the court to the other side of the court Gotta, they block you and they try to not let you do. Imagine a guy says to you, I took the ball from one end of the court to the other end of the zone. I got a touchdown. No problem. You look at him. Wow, how many times? did it ten times. Who was on the field? No one. Got the ball across the field. No one was on the field. What is the challenge? When there's ten players, I forgot how many, ten players blocking you, and they tackle you, and you can get the ball, then. See, if everything would go easy, then uh, there's no challenge. So we have to learn from the Gashmis in this world how, they, how much they practice and how much they work to just to get the ball. We have to also, we have to work hard to get close to Hashem. This is, and Hashem sends to us continuously signs to get closer to Him. I tell people, not only does Hashem send signs to get closer to him, he also sends signs that he really cares about you and loves you. Part, because it's a mitzvah to love Hashem, your whole heart, your whole mind. The Rebbe does send signs. Even though we go through such a hard time in life, many things bother us and painful, and it's great painful, but in all the pain, the Rebbe sends us signs, I care and I love you. You have to be able to tune in. You know, sometimes, you have children who say you love them and they don't hear you. You know that we all sometimes have friends or relatives who just, and you really care about them. And sometimes you have a child who just, one small word you say to them, wow, they feel so good. It's much easier to say I love you to them because they accept it. They take it in. We have to be open to take in the love that Hashem sends to us too. Because there is every day in every situation, no matter how you think bad it is, there's things that are as good, and we have to always focus what happens to us. Why does Hashem do this? And what is the, what is, what is the, why is this happening to me? And I should learn from this. And He's sending me a sign. That doesn't, we always don't know what the sign represents. All it does, we should get closer to Hashem. You have to get, you know, to think about the Rabbi Nishloim, that really, it's very, very important this, because not only do we have a great fight with the Yetzirah and we are disadvantaged, besides that, we don't have the feeling that Hashem cares about us. It's not a natural thing. You have to care about yourself. And Hashem made it this way. You got to make you ishtadlis in this world. You know, so, so we don't have the natural the natural feeling of, you know, that we have to care, how to care for ourselves, what to care for ourselves. So, what Ram Nachman is saying over here, the person should tune in and know that when the signs come, that's a good sign that the Rabbi Shalom does care about you, even though you tr we, we are the, uh, frustrated, 
and it's hard, this is what you know, Hashem is sending to you. You know, I said to someone many years ago, and I've since then told it to other people going through a tough time, someone had twins and Tay-Sachs. And Tay-Sachs twins is terrible. I don't know if you know what it is. The people, the children pass away three years old. And they were just devastated. So I said to them, what happens if, what, try to picture to yourself that there was, there's someone who hired you as a couple for $5 million to take care of these two children till they pass away. Wouldn't be so hard. For two reasons. One, it's not yours. You don't feel so bad. It's not mine. It didn't happen to me. Second, you're getting paid for it. So a person has to look at life that the hardship is that the chose you for some reason you should take care of this. You know, we don't choose. We don't. I always tell this to myself. I'm tell, we don't choose who our children are going to be. Did Hashem didn't take us to the supermarket and says, choose him, her, and him. We have no choice. Some children turn out to be great. Some not so great. Some are very great. You don't have, you don't always have the choice. So Hashem gave it to us. And this is what Hashem wants us to take care of it. And now we do our best. So and it's not the truth in many things in chaos in life. If you're able to connect it to the Rebbeinu Shloilam, to say that I'm doing Hashem's work, it's not so hard. I um, said the story more than once that I was once in the airport and TWA and there was a delay, there was a terrible snowstorm and we were waiting hours and hours there. And there was one lady working there and I was sitting next to the pilot and we all were all like gloomy and waiting. One lady running around all animated and finally asked her, what is your job? You know what she told me my job? My job is when there's chaos, our team comes in. She was so full of life. This is her job. Her job is when there's chaos, I come and in, in, uh, I come and do what I need to do. So this is exactly what we have to tell ourselves in life too. There's many things that is chaotic, and our job is is to take care of the chaos. You know, like uh, the, to calm things down, to do the right thing. So, but Amnachma says that a person has to try to remember all the time how the Rebbeinu Shlomo sends signs to him that he cares about him, loves him, wants him. You have to tune in. You have to have antennas to able to hear and feel those things, he says. This is a very, very interesting thing. What causes people to forget what life is all about? Why is it so difficult? Rabbi Nachman asked this question. Why is it so difficult that we have in life, we have a hard time focusing and realizing what we're here for? Imagine you hire a worker. And he's not doing what you want him to do. He's doing everything but what you want to do. And you scream at him. And you tell him, I'm going to fire you. And he does it again. What is, you know, you try to figure out, what is distracting us? What, what, what is the bigger? So he says a very interesting thing. He says, Loshanara, speaking Loshanara, has such a power 
that makes us forget the purpose why we live, what we came to this world. The person would not talk gossip, not speak Loshanara, he would be much more focused, what is my goal and what I want in life? Very, very, very powerful thing. Because he has a whole deep Kabbalistic explanation that Loshanara, he says, Torah 54, So it means, he explains it that, that Lashon Hara takes a person and makes his imagination wrong. There's koich ad-dimyon. Dimyon means imagination. We all have dimyonis, right? We all feel, if only I win the lottery, the last lottery, I was so shocked how many people, you know, are really daydreaming if they win the lottery. Someone told me, if I paid a dollar, was worth it for three days. I had good daydreams, so it's worth it. The dollar was worth for the daydreams. He tells me, you know that. But the, people have this imagination. If this is going to happen, if this deal and this is going to happen, you dimyonis. It turns out to be nonsense. Doesn't not, not all of this yomis ever ever turn out to be. And there's also imagination, which we imagine people do things wrong, and it's not even wrong. We have the koyich adimian, what we have, gets foul, gets not good when we speak Loshanara, and that's why we can't, we have a hard time seeing what life is all about. Because the Loshanara, you know, Nachman explains, makes it that you have a hard time loving the Rebani Shlilam. So if you don't love the Rebani Shlilam, you get caught up with other things. You know, unfortunately, to make it simple in this world, a person becomes to dislike his wife, then he looks the other way for other people to like. So nature, the havdal of a person, you know, loses the love to the banishlam, all of a sudden he gets interested in other things. And Gashmi is thinking if I would have the big house, if I would have the fancy car, and if I would only this deal would go through, or that deal would go through, if only this would happen, then everything, instead of focusing, I'm here and now. What can I do in the here and now? So Loshan Hara takes over the dimyon, which the, the dimyon means the koyich dimyon. It's not a, such a perfect word, imagination. Dimyon means more than imagination, to focus and to see, to know what life is, to have perspective about life, to, I mean, to have the image of life correctly in your mind. Loshan it, 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 Hara takes the purity, the clear vision away, and that's why many people get involved and in, in, in silly things, they take silly things and make it important. People get addicted to the computer, people get addicted to, 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 to any other addiction because they don't realize that you are living a life, focus on the thing that you're doing now. I recently heard someone told me he's firing a worker. So the lady was working 12 years for him. Great say he says, what happened? He says, I mean, she's going through a divorce and she's not focused. Said, what should I do? I don't have to suffer because she, 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 you know, she can't focus. And that's just a horrible feeling I had for this lady. She's going through a divorce and the guy's firing her. But he was right. Because while she's too preoccupied with other things. That's what we do in life too. We get ourselves preoccupied with not so important things, which takes our mind away from the important things. 
That's why the internet is such a yetzara for many people. It takes them away from things that they could do constructive things. You know what I mean? Uh, I have uh, children who uh, have businesses who do, you know, don't allow you know, internet access because the people go onto the internet while working waste time. Even though, the, even though sometimes you know, they might, uh, might uh, get fired. It's very interesting. But the same thing in the Cesar of Nachman is when a person speaks to Hara, the Lashon Hara distorts the imagination. The imagination comes, things that are not important becomes important. I remember many years ago, I've seen this often, but this was the first time I met. I met a father whose son became from, very from, Hashem, he raised a family. And I remember sitting with him, he came to join us for him, Shabbos meet with his son, and he was busy trying to explain what he does in life. This goes back 25 years, 28 years ago. And he was saying that you know what he does in life? He was a very successful lawyer, Beverly Hills, but you know what, he's busy, I forgot, it's called polarifying the nuclear bombs. Am I saying correctly the word in English? Trying to get the countries to give up the nuclear bombs organization and then he works and they have meetings and they spend money and they raise money. So I was sitting there and thinking that this was time where the Cold War was still going on. This is his whole life. He has nothing in his life. And he thinks he's going to accomplish this. To me it sounded, I was, I was, I could have been his son. To me it sounded so remote that this could ever happen. That people can give out atom bomb because you know a bunch of uh, Beverly Hills lawyers are getting together and, and doing. But this was his passion in life instead of focusing, maybe I could be a better Jew, maybe I could get religious, maybe I could do something more positive, he became caught up with his imagination what's important in life. See, but don't, let me explain something very important, Rachman says this very often. If we don't have a Torah, you don't follow the Torah, you be, your ideas of life become so unbelievable crazy. That, you know, Unfortunately, my wife wasn't well, so I was spending time with her in the hospital, and I was reading an article written in one of these magazines. I remember it was Mishpocha or Amni, one of the Yiddish magazines. So they describe Einstein. I never knew that Einstein, they just opened his letters, his writings. He believes in, he believed in Marxism. I didn't know this. You could be brilliant, but you have no common sense. You could be very, very smart, you can figure out physics, but you have no common sense. He wanted that the UN should have the atom bomb. Everyone should give up the atom bomb and they should go to the UN. I mean, weird, not practical ideas. See, if you don't have a Toyota, plus, I didn't know this, that he had a mistress, an official mistress, yeah. If you don't have a Toyota, you could come up with the most weird ideas. Your focus of life is weird. What is important is becomes strange. Many, many, many things that way. So Ramachim is saying that in order a person should not distort his imagination, one of the greatest things for him to do is not to speak gossip. You don't speak gossip, you become much more focused, and it helps us to become focused more about in life is important. See, the trick of overcoming the Sahara is the focus. 
Anytime you have people working for you, like I said, with this person, with the secretary, maybe it was a simple job, but I need her to be focused. I'm sure you have work, and you have a worker who's just busy, not focusing. It doesn't make a difference why he's not focusing. He doesn't do the job. You know, I'm not going to have him. If he doesn't do his job because he's distracted, it's not my problem. It's his problem. The same way. We have things that distract us. And one of the things that helps to get this unfortunate distracted illusion harder. And that solution harder is so terrible. The gossip takes away our imagination and it's, it's a, it takes the focus away. And it doesn't allow you to remember what am I doing on this world. That's important to ask yourself. Because the Mishnah says in Pekov, as we just learned, Shiv do chew one day before you die. The day before you die. No one knows the Mishnah says when you're going to die. Ah, do every day chiva. You never know what your last day of your life is going to be. You never know. The many people who are no, 90% of the people, the life gets cut off. They have no idea when it, this is going to happen to them. Never. And, you know, and it's horrible that, you know, sometimes you are, you know, whatever the situation is, you're not prepared. You know, one knows. So a person should ask himself, today, have another day. Maybe it's not so sunny today, but we have another great day to live today. And you got to tell yourself every day, I got to do tshuva. I got to get closer to Hashem. I got to take the challenges of life. It's there if you like it or not. You know, don't fight it. Accept it. This is what Hashem gave me. This is my challenge. This is my difficulty in life. This is what I'm suffering. This is what I do. I'll do the best of it. See, happy people are not happy because always they're born happy. Because they look at life differently. They look at it and say, okay, this is what life has brought to me. I'll, you know, smile through it. See, being angry and, you know, and depressed about it doesn't help a person. Really doesn't. <laughs> then he says, and Nachman says another incredible thing. He says two things. Then he says, the being depressed also takes your focus away from life. Very, very important. When a person is depressed, he doesn't see the situation with clarity. It happens to every one of us in, in, in not just spiritually. When you're depressed, you don't see the, clearly the story. You know, you don't just, you know, sometimes uh, people tell me to go for therapy. It helps them at least clarify what's going on in my life, what's happening. Depression doesn't allow you to have the good imagination, a focused imagination. I've heard this from people. I have someone who comes to one of my classes, and he worked for a big bank, one of the big, big banks. He told me, human resources. So I asked him, what is your job? What is your... I tell you what my job is. When I hire someone, they tell me, hire someone that I have a happy disposition. Because in the guy's happy, he's focused better, and does a better job. This is a, he worked for, he worked for, for the bank, 
think it was a Bank of America, I forgot which bank it was. But this is, they knew, you want to hire someone good, you make sure they have happy disposition. Lahavdu, what Nachman says, this is true about all of us. When a person is happy, your focus, your imagination is much better. You can have a better image about life. See, when you imagine, when you're depressed, and I always tell people, the red light, you know that red light, even he's against me. Look how long, it doesn't change green today. We might not say it out, but when you're depressed, even the light is against you. And this, this bird chipping away also came here to, to annoy me. Now you become like, you know, the whole world is against you. You know, and, and today there's a cloudy day, even the sun is against me. Couldn't make it sunny day today. You know, when you're depressed, you lose you know, your focus and what's the imagination and distort things. When a person is happy, he says, you don't distort. You're able to see things in reality much better. And what helps a person, then he says, Ram Nachman, to take his imagination and focus his to do the right things in life. See, to explain this in the most simple way, we have such a great challenge every day. Every one of us. What? How are we going to live today? How? I'm going to daven better. I'll be closer to Hashem. Will be nicer. Will I be happy? Will I give tzedakah? You know, every day we have this great challenge. You know, are we going to be busy wasting the day? How are we going to utilize today's day? This is a challenge that every one of us has every day. And when a person is happy, he's able to focus his energy. What, what should I do today? How can I use the day today in a good way? When you're depressed, you don't take char charge of your life. You ever notice? When you're depressed, life just travels while you. You don't grab. When you're happy, you're able to grab the day and say, work with your kayyuchamadama, what do I want today? So happiness, he says, helps a person enormously to be focused. And depression helps a person to be not focused. And that's why we have a bad imagination then. And as I said, paranoid imagination. And we unimportant things. We make important. All of a sudden, it's so important for you to waste time on the internet. It's so important to watch this or to do this. Where you then you look, what was that all about? If you ask yourself honestly, what? Because the happier you are, the better focused you are. Then he says a very interesting thing, which is famous quote of Nachman. He says music, but he adds music of a Yerushalayim, Shem Shemayim. He is a great zgula to make you happy and to break the bad imagination, to help you have good koyichamadava. This, uh, I met a, a, a musician many years ago who became a breast of a chassid. He says, he, wrote, he, wrote, he read an article and the guy expounded on this and this hit him and this is why he became religious. He says, Rabbi Nachman says that music heard from a person who keeps Torah Mitzvah, such a music, helps a person to come out, out of his Met, you know, paranoid imagination helps a person to come out of his depression and helps a person to focus much better and to see things in a much clearer way. See, what we need to do every day is, is to arm ourselves, you know, how to fight life. Let, let me make a simple motion. You get dressed accordingly. If it's very cold, you put on a sweater. If it's very warm, you take off a sweater. 
You dress yourself according to me. You know, if you're very hungry, before I go out, I better eat something. Otherwise, I'll be quetchy. You know, we, we, we do things and bodily things function that we need to take care of ourselves. The same thing is with our neshama. We need to take care of our neshama to be able to fight the battle in this world. We got to give her weapons. How would you say in English? Uh, you know, uh, make sure he's, uh, the pussy gives the word, you know, make sure he's bavafen, means that he's, he has the right weapons to fight the Yitzhahara. Armed. We have to give him the right arms to make sure. This is what I'm not, and with the right arms is what he says in this Torah is, is don't speak gossip, be happy, and music, which you're not allowed to listen to them, Svita, music from Yerushalayim helps a person to get away from his, from his wrong imagination. And it helps the Koyich HaMadama to see what am I doing? What can I change? See, the sweetest thing in life is if you could change a habit. Do you know that? You ever tried it out? I tried it with many things. And it was such a great pleasure to know that I overcame the habit. It's very, very rewarding. Because otherwise we do things all the time, you know, like the, it, do it, you know, this is how it is. When a person has simcha and he changes, that is great rewarding. So this is what Nachman says, why a nigan is a great thing. In short, he's saying depression doesn't allow a person to be have a good Koyachamadama. He says, Loshan Hara is not good, and depression, and enigma helps a person. And the fourth thing he said, what helps a person the most, he says, is meditation, especially after midnight. He says, meditation helps a person to really, really be able to take his life and focus it what's important. What did you say? The hardest thing. Well, it's only hard if you don't, if you, uh, you know, I, I, I say a story. My shul, there's a lady, she's 50 years old, I think she was 51, three, four years ago, three, four, three years ago, she ran the marathon. I asked her, how did you do it? I can't walk, if I run around this room twice, I'll be out of breath. Uh-huh. One year she trained herself. She took a book out and she trained herself. She ran every day, how much how to run. And at the end of the year, she had to run, six, what is it, 60 miles, 26 miles, 42 miles? 42, oh, that's about 20, 26 miles. 25, 26 miles. So the same thing as meditation. If you want to meditate all of a sudden for an hour, it's going to be very, very difficult. Start slowly. Every day, you sit down, and you tell yourself, you know, today I'll sit for 20 minutes, but I'll talk to Hashem a minute. And clock yourself. And then the next day, you, two minutes. You could, you could train your mind. You could, just like you could train your body, you could train your mind to be disciplined and to do this meditation. And it's incredibly rewarding. You know what? It keeps your sanity. Meditation keeps a person sane in this world. There's many things that's insane in this world. When a person meditates, 
he talks to Hashem, takes time, all of a sudden he'll be able to put all his frustration and what's life all about and what he's doing and what's happening to him in perspective. So Rabbi says, talking to Rabbi Shlolem, not only does he say it helps a person, his imagination to be strong, he also adds that it brings the goodness of himself into the forefront. See, every person has goodness in them. Every Yiddish and Neshama. Sometimes the anger, the frustration, and the evil, and the ra is in the forefront. You're not in the mood to daven, you, you will be angry, and you want to just you know, mess up. When a person meditates, he says, slowly you get in touch with the goodness of you, and that overpowers. See, because one of the things, in a more, more practical way, we don't think about Hashem. There's a famous story, one of the Balamusa asked the Bocha, and he asked him, when did you think about Hashem? He says, Rabbi, I didn't have time to think about Hashem. And he goes, I daven, takes me davening to this, and I learned, and I daven, and I didn't have time. Most of us, unfortunately, even with daven, we don't think about Hashem. And we do its fleeing thoughts. But if you take time, and you sit down, and you talk to Hashem, at least you begin to see my life is dependent on Hashem. And I, have to, I am here to worship Hashem. I'm here to get connected to Hashem. So it takes time. Like you said, it's hard. But it's like you could train your mind, just like a person runs a marathon. It doesn't take time. You train your mind a minute a day. Then you push it, and you push it. And after a while, you're able to do it an hour, you wouldn't feel the difference. But you have to able to, you know, you, your mind could be trained. It's muscles. Focusing in the mind is a, it just muscles in the mind, how you help, help it focus. See, the ultimate, the ultimate thing of this world is to get Olam Haba. This world, no one has Olam Haza. No one. No matter how wealthy you are, how poor you are. I always tell people in my shoe, who's a wealthy people, there's rich Tzoros and there's poor Tzoros. I once gave a marshal. One balabas was telling me that it costs him, his young son, to live $250,000. I thought I was going to fall off my chair. With 10 children, it didn't cost me so much. And he doesn't want to take a job because I can't take a job less than $250,000. He's so aggravated, he doesn't do anything. He wastes his time, he gambles. And he was fuming at us. That I told him is a rich problem. Poor people don't have such a problem. They don't have such a problem. There's rich problems and poor problems. No one has it good in this world. We only have imagination. If I would have won that lottery, Oh, then everything will be. Then you would have had headaches with the money, and how do I invest the money, and maybe they're going to cheat me, and all of a sudden everyone is your relative, and every mishulach is going to be at your door. Everything carries a responsibility and a headache. There's no thing in this world that is shlemus of good. In this world, you eat because you're hungry, you get tired. No matter what you do, there's always... This world is never, never, never good. No one ever lived in this world and says, I had a great life, I enjoyed every day of life. 
only wants is a person who dedicated, who did the, 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 the Gemara. Gemara says that the, <clears throat> the Chachma of Athens asked, how could a person enjoy this world? So the Rabbanim said, if you want to enjoy this world, live at, uh, I forgot the Loshim, it means make sure you enjoy the least from this world. You want to have a miserable life, make sure you, you indulge in the tithes of this world. When I was very young, I used to think obese people enjoy food. Then I realized they hate food. You know, a person is obsessed with any Yetzirah. He, he hates it after a while. See, this world is nothing, nothing that a person can have said, my life is great. This world is a traveling for the next world where we get our reward. That means after we pass this world, everyone is going to get schar, but he worked hard. Everything now, everything is really nonsense. That's true. That is the truth. The truth is, the only truth is Hashem, and the only truth that really counts and your husband, he says. And, and, and everything is, that's true, that everything, because a person looks at life and he says, one day we're going to be gone. And very few people are going to care about you. You were here, we're gone. I watched this in my shul. Now there's people who were incredible wealthy. And once they were gone, no one cares about them. I was so upset. Well, I remember when one of these rich people made a wedding, he made such a big wedding, and people were insulted if they were not invited. His lavaya was a small lavaya. I couldn't believe it. Came to the lavaya, it was a small lavaya. Because, you know, they only care for you for your money. Or, if a person has a lot of money, they rub shoulders. As soon as he loses all his money, we don't rub shoulders. We barely say good morning to them. See, people, this world is really nonsense. But we live in this world, we got to do the best that we can. The ultimate, ultimate thing is once a person passes this world and the schar is waiting, how much did you do? How much did you push yourself to daven? How much did you push yourself to keep Shabbos? And how much did you, how much did you push yourself to be in love with Hashem? How we know about this? That's what the whole Torah. That's the whole Torah says that in the mezuzah. It says in, it, we rain Krishna and we have a mezuzah. What does it say in the mezuzah? The mezuzah says one thing: I want you to be in loving Hashem, your whole heart, soul, and every fiber. The only way you can love Hashem everywhere is ignore all the gashmias. The person who enjoys food. For that, he, that's how much he cannot be in love with Hashem. That's why loving Hashem, you know, love is today. Everyone wants to love. And love, loving Hashem, you tell about loving God, you sound strange. But the only way to really love Hashem is to get rid of all the Gashmias. The more you get rid of the Gashmias, the better you can love Hashem. And this is, this is what the, the Mishnah says, how we know. The Mishnah says, the, the Mishnah Perkovis. Yeah, the Mishnah says, this world is called a traklin. Traklin means a, I uh, say, a chamber room, the first room. You're traveling through, and the end of the result is the other world. It's also kind Chazal says, and Chassidus teaches us, and everyone teaches us, but otherwise, life has no sense. No one in this world enjoys life. If we'll be honest with you, certain people have a little better, 
Certain people have a horrible, that tzaddikim who had such a hard life, it's unimaginable how difficult their life was. And the, the Arishon have a good life. Is that fear? Doesn't make sense. You have wicked people. I knew someone who grew up from and he came back from the war and he became a Mechal Shabbos and he, he was a billionaire when he left this world. And then he, not only that, he divorced his wife and he married a Shiksa when he was 50 years old. So he can tell me that he and he, his Oilam Hab is going to be? I mean, there are murderers who this way, who, live, who die on the bed. There's a, there's a next world that everything will be taken care of. This is we know from the Torah. The Poshib Shab Mahomaidahu Draban says Alatoid means Ma'oid, Mioid, Mioid. More, more, more. The more you're involved in Gashmi is the less you can love Hashem. That's a fact. Chavisavov says it, loving the Gashmi is in loving Hashem is fire and water. Just like fire work you never get together. If you love anything in this world, you diminish the love of Hashem. That's why loving Hashem is difficult, because most of us do like a good, a good uh, coffee, and do like the Gashmias, but the more you like Gashmias, the less you love Hashem. The greatest, the greatest mitzvah in the Torah is to love Hashem. That's what says Shmai. So everything, all the mitzvahs in the Torah, the Ramam says, and the Chayvizavah says, and uh, all the Chassidish is to get the ultimate love to Hashem. And it's very hard to love Hashem. We have to work very hard for that. Right. No, well, that's why you have to. We have Amunas Chazal. We created that we should use this world. See, if God wanted us that, that you know to make it comfortable, He should have taken out our Yitzhahara. It wouldn't like be much easier. You have no Yitzhahara of anger, no Yitzhahara of lust, no Yitzhahara of gossip. Life would have been so much nicer, peaceful. We get up in the morning, and the first Yetzirah tells us, stay in bed, you didn't sleep enough. Imagine you don't have Yetzirah, everyone will do Tikkun Chatzas. Imagine you don't have Yetzirah, and you'll get along with everyone. So the Yetzirah in this world drives us insane very often. Your anger drives you insane. The Yetzirah of sex drives people insane. It's a big battle we all have with our Yetzirah. So this is our, this is the test. End of life, we come up, we get judged. Now how much did you do in this world and how much? It's, 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 it, 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 yes, it is scary. And it's supposed to be scary. No, it's, it's just, it's scary for me too. It's scary for every one of us. This is their challenge. Yeah, we don't have to go to Yerushalayim. Many religious people here, when when uh, Shav comes to push, they do things they shouldn't be doing. He doesn't want to pay his uh, loan. He, you know, he lies to people. Could be normally he would never do it, but Shav comes to push. The R depends how much you're afraid. The 
The person has to work hard to have a Yerushalayim. It doesn't come easy. Yerushalayim is work. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I'm afraid of Hashem. It doesn't work that way. You have to work to have Yerushalayim. No one woke up in the morning all of a sudden said to himself, you know, wow, Hashem is so great, it's frightening. Unless we meditate, we take time, we talk to Hashem, we don't have Yerushalayim. It doesn't work just by itself. The most important thing is for us right now is also to be happy. Because what I began before, without happiness, your mind is not focused. So Rav Nachman says, happiness of a person helps the mind to focus and to see the whole picture of what life is all about. Happy people do a better job, right? You have workers, you know, happy people, it does a much, much better job. I, had a, I, I, I needed a handyman. Someone and he was a very happy luck. And I noticed he does his jobs well. Yeah, a few things broke in the home in the pace of time. He does a good job. A simple handyman, not too smart, but he's a happy guy, he does a good job. I had a handyman last year come and Pesach, ah, oh, until he came, until he did something and he didn't do it right. Happy people always do a better job. Better job raising the children, better job to being a person. Generally, happiness makes a person a better person. And most of the helps them focus what life, the, what life is all about. Maybe she should help us, that we should walk around smiling. It's another day in our life. And I always tell myself to be angry and crutchy and depressed. If it helps you, be depressed and be angry. Be even more angry. It doesn't, not anger helps a person, not depression helps a person. None of these help. Happiness helps a person greatly. Well, the, 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 in, the, in, the, in the Tehillim in the back, there's old filler printed out to take care of our, you know. Okay.